Good morning, brothers and sisters. We're taking the time this weekend to talk about the normal Christian family life. Of course, we know as we look around, it's not normal at all. The witness of a family and of a marriage should be of the blessings of God. When people look at our marriages, they should see joint heirs of the grace of life. On this earth, there are things that witness of Christ and His redemption. The kingdom of God that we preach talks of Jesus' redemption. When we gather as the church, also, people should be able to see our redemptive Christ in the midst. But for many people living in this lost world, when they see the Christian normal family, they see a miracle. Perhaps even more of a miracle than the miracle of our own personal salvation. We testify that we've been saved. I hope that people can see a change in our life because we've been saved. But here's where change will definitely be seen. When people behold a family in Christ, women would say, I desire to live in such a blessing as this Christian family. Men would say, I desire to live like this, like these husbands and wives live. And children would say, Oh, how I long for this to be my home. Now, is your Christian marriage and family a blessing? Do people look at your family and say, Oh, what a blessing? Or do they say, oh, what trouble? I don't want to be like that. Now, this is what, why we're coming together this weekend. And unfortunately, in this matter of the normal Christian family life, there are no experts. And that's why we will spend four times of workshops together to fellowship Christ in this matter. My wife and I almost married now 55 years. But we're still in training. And I hope you also have this attitude. You want to learn from the Lord Jesus. And so it's been given to me to try to provide an overview from which we can fellowship in the workshops. But it's the importance of that fellowship in the workshop we hope will provide the most practical help. Remember what fellowship is. The word koinonia in Greek means having all things in common. And fellowship means we share what we learned of Christ with one another. If we have problems, we want to bring Christ into the problems. If we learned a lesson, we want to share this lesson that Christ has taught us. 
So may our fellowship throughout the day be full of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now to begin this morning, I'd like for us to read the familiar passage in Ephesians chapter 5 regarding marriage. Because here Paul with great wisdom shows us that Christ is the picture of marriage for us. But by the context we also see that marriage is on a larger canvas than just marriage itself. I remember one time some years ago, uh, a, a Christian worker picked me up at the Los Angeles airport. And he was driving me to where we were supposed to go. And he said, Look at that over there. It's causing so much trouble. And I said, What's that? He says, Focus on the family. Now this is a, ra a radio show and they have a headquarters in California. I said, well, why is this a trouble? He says, because all of our Christian women are focusing on the family instead of focusing on Christ. They think the most important thing is the family, but it's not. But the family is a subset of our Christian life. Now we see this here in Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to begin reading in verse 18. Because we want to see that the family is within the larger context of the church of Jesus Christ. We'll see as we read these verses, as Paul talks about spirit-filled living, and spirit-filled worship, he brings up the family in that context. It's our whole spirit-filled life that brings our marriage to the normal Christian life. So let's begin reading in verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of God. Now just think of the family. Full of the Spirit. Singing. Praising God. Being thankful. Being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So now Paul's thought just flows right now into marriage. Verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up. For her. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, 
that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. 然而你们个人都当爱妻子，如同爱自己一样，妻子也当敬重她的丈夫。The topic title for this weekend is wonderful. 我们这个周末的呃信息的题目很棒。The normal Christian family life. 正常基督徒家庭生活。This says to us that there's not only a purpose in our marriage, but a testimony in our marriage. 这很告诉我们，在我们的婚姻当中，不但有一个。we know from the scriptures how important marriage is. The Bible begins with marriage in Genesis. Ends with marriage in the book of Revelation. And in the middle of the Bible, we find the Song of Songs once again about love and marriage. God's heart is for us to be blessed by our family life, bound together with Christ. Our Christian marriage never says a man and a wife are joined together. We say a man and a woman are joined together in Christ as a third party. And God has arranged our Christian families so that husband and wife and children include Christ in their family life together. So Paul says as he's speaking this mystery is great. Because our marriages in fact testify of something far beyond our own marriages themselves. The very source of marriage comes out of God's loving heart trying to find a helpmate for his son. So because God loved his son, he gave to Adam, Eve, as a companion. The Bible also reveals that marriage has a larger purpose. And it's a mystery. It's part of God's plan to overcome Satan himself as the family stands and it, it takes back the earth that has been stolen. The normal Christian family also testifies of the breadth, length, height, and depth of God's love. 
正常基督徒的家庭生活，也来见证神长阔高深的爱。So the husband, 对先生 ，he testifies of God's initiating and sacrificial love for us. 他来啊，他来做见证，就是神从起初开起初起始的，然后那牺牲自己的爱。The wife reveals submissive, responsive. Uh, 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 faithful love, caring for her husband and her children. 妻子就在那里见证她对她啊先生和孩子照顾那种回应的顺服的回应的爱。And children in the family reveal the discipleship love of obedience and learning. 孩子在家庭当中就好像来回应那种做门徒一样的能够呃能够顺服的。So the love of God is meant to be revealed by each member of the family. So, 神的爱就借着家庭的每一个肢体能够彰显出来 And the fourth thing I would just mention is that marriage and family reveals the various ministries of our Lord Jesus. Ah, 第四个我想要讲到就是婚姻和家庭能够彰显我们呃主耶稣各方面的呃呃服侍 So for the husband. He real he reveals Jesus' saving ministry in the family. He he just 彰显在家庭当中彰显耶稣呃救赎的这种工作在家庭当中 And the wife reveals the Lord's keeping love in the family. 妻子在家庭中彰显呃主保守持守的这种工作 So we talk about the normal Christian family life. Now I'm sorry, I don't know how those words sound to、uh, brothers and sisters from China. 我不知道这些词汇对从中国来的弟兄姊妹听起来什么样感觉 But as soon as I heard the theme title, I was very happy. 但是我一听到这个主题“正常基督家庭生活”，我就很高兴 Now, Brother Watchman Nee. 尼托生弟兄 Was helpful to the saints back in China since the 1920s. 他在自从一九二零年对在中国的圣徒有很多的帮助 But it was actually eighty、uh, years ago. 那就是八十年前 In 1938. 在一九三八年 That Watchman Nee's words became uh, uh, were given to the English-speaking world. 呃，他所分享的道就分享在讲英文的世界当中。Our brother went to Denmark in 1938. 我们弟兄在一九三八年去丹麦。And shared some messages on the normal Christian life. 在那里分享了一些信息，就讲到正常基督徒生活。These were his teachings from Romans chapter one through eight. 他呃，这个信息就讲到罗马书第一章到第八章。And he shared these messages. They were upon the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. 就讲到耶稣基督宝血的功效 About realizing we're crucified with Christ. 讲到明白我们与基督已经同定十字架 About living by the resurrection of Christ's life. 讲到靠着基督复活的生命来活 This book sold more than a million copies in English. 这本书在英文版呃卖超过一百万本 And we have to understand this work was so important to the English-speaking church. 我们要明白，呃，这个工作对讲英文的教会是很大的一个帮助。Most Christians were not living the normal Christian life. 大多数基督徒没有过一个正常基督徒的生活。They didn't even know what that means. 大家都不明白这是意味着什么。Most Christians become Christians. 基督徒成为基督徒。And then by their own strength. They try to live a godly, spiritual life. 然后靠着他们自己的力量，他们想过一个圣洁、属灵的生活。But brother Nee, in this normal Christian life, 在尼托生弟兄在这本正常基督生活当中 ，He shared his own personal struggles in the Christian life. 他分享他个人在基督生活当中的呃挣扎。He tried and tried and failed. 他努力又努力又失败。And then realized one day. I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, 
Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now this book touched the lives of many, many in the English-speaking world. Because of course the normal Christian life was not the normal Christian life. And he explained these two wonderful things. And it's the basis of our fellowship today. Number one, when we are born again, the life of Christ comes to dwell within us. Then number two, the key is to discover how to unlock the life of Christ in us so that he can live his life through us. And Brother Nee testified of the need for the discipline of the Holy Spirit to put down our flesh and to allow the life of Christ to come through. And on our side, to embrace the cross of Jesus Christ, not depending upon our flesh any longer, but upon the life of Christ. So our brother shared this wonderful book for the English-speaking world. And I'm sure it sold millions of copies in China as well. But it cost him the open door to most churches. Because many Christian theologians criticized his theology. Especially that man is spirit, soul, and body. You know, almost 50 years ago, I was a Baptist pastor. I was in the large denomination in the South, Southern Baptist. They have they had the most Christian bookstores of any group in the United States. They would not allow any book by Watchman Nee in that bookstore. But now, normal Christian life is there. Our brother suffered in his ministry for sharing this truth. Now, one year later, in 1939, he published in English The Normal Christian Church Life. Now, maybe you haven't heard of that one. In Chinese, it was just called Concerning Our Missions. And it was uh, some messages he gave back in Shanghai. But he abbreviated it, and for English he he wrote uh, the normal Christian church life. I remember I was only a Christian for less than two years when I got this book. By then, I already was preaching the gospel. When I read this book, it's like fireworks went off. I said, wow, this is wonderful. Because you know what he said. The secret to church life is Christ. Christ is the church, and the church is the organic expression of Christ. Now, this was a great mystery to most of the church. 
You know, churches have their traditions, they have their denominations, they have their way of doing things. But our brother Nee shared the scriptural basis for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, and he shared the simple way that the church should gather and break bread, have fellowship, preach the gospel. It's a simple scripture. He only used scripture. It was revolutionary. And the reason he had to publish this in English in 1939. Now the, the English speaking world didn't know who he was. Except missionaries. And when they read his book, they were helped so much. They said, please write this in English. And so he did. But once again, most of the Christian church is not the normal Christian church. And they rejected it. I was at the time I got this book in a Baptist college. And I was studying under a, 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 a religious theologian. And I brought him this book. I said, this book is wonderful. He said, no, it's all wrong, it's all There's no more apostles. There's no more missionaries. We have the Baptist church structure. And many churches rejected this uh, uh, vision that our brother had. Even though it was so simple. And it was scripture. The normal Christian church life remains a mystery to most congregations. So when this book was written, Many doors to Brother Nee's ministry were closed. Because the denominations, even in China, were afraid of the influence of this simple book. Now we come this morning to the normal Christian family life. Now, our brother Nee didn't write any book about that. <laughs> so here you are, writing the book this weekend. But we want to impress upon you this truth. For our brother to write the normal Christian life and normal Christian church life, he had to go through many Difficult experiences of the cross in his life. He paid a price for this truth. And if we want the normal Christian family life, we must also take the cross and pay the price. There may be a Christian husband who marries a Christian wife. But that does not make them the normal Christian family life. The Christ in our brother and the Christ in our sister, they need to find their common life in Christ together in that marriage. Sometimes this never happens. And we find two Christians, but they're living their own individual life. You don't see the joint heirs of the grace of God expressed in their marriage. 
So when we're talking this weekend about the normal Christian family life, we're not really talking about the normal, average, usual family life. We're talking about something on a higher level. That is to say, in our Christian family lives, Christ living his life in that family life. Now before we get to talking about some of the aspects of this normal Christian family life, it might be helpful for us all just to see and rehearse again how much the marriage is being attacked in this fallen world. When Adam and Eve sinned, the marriage fell far short of the glorious purpose God had for marriage. They were meant to be joint heirs together in union under God. But sin alienates us from one another. Adam became separate from Eve. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed Adam. Adam was separate. And now surviving self was dominant in their life. The result of the fall is independence. Uh, Fears. And many other curses that sin has put upon mankind. In fact, our personalities have changed. For men, their personalities have become outward. They worship mammon. They're boastful. Proud. Angry. Lustful. And when they get married, they always think the wife is trying to take over their throne. They always say, get away, get away. Meanwhile, the women have become neurotic. Emotional, inward. They sense incompleteness. They want freedom. They have a strong emotional soul. Somehow they're independent, so they love their children, but they're so burdened by their children. And they use their great emotional soul. It's so much bigger than man's outward soul. And they use their emotional soul to take over the marriage. Now you know in the world they say when you get married after seven years there's an itch. Now, when a husband and wife get married, usually in the world, the husband is the boss for seven years. But by seven years, you see, his boss is a failure. His, his company has gone bankrupt. The woman takes over. A man has about seven years. Then the woman takes over. And then marriage becomes a battle. Now, the man's already lost the war. But he's still trying to keep his throne. 
The woman's always digging under his throne. I mean, this is so different than God's plan for the marriage. Look at their union of Adam and Eve there in the garden. It might surprise you to find out they both had equal status. But with that equality, different function. Not independent actions. Complementary action. Everything the wife did helped the husband. Everything the husband did helped the wife. And the description before sin came in is they were both naked and they were not ashamed. Because they were totally transparent with each other. They were honest. They were uh, uh, enjoying their relationship. They loved the fellowship. Now for most wives in the world, it's a miracle if the husband sits down and talks. This is how deep sin has gone. The man sits on his throne, watches television, or now on his computer. Leave me alone. This is not a picture of the normal Christian family life. Now, when man fell in sin, God realized if he didn't do something, man and woman would destroy themselves. And so our sovereign God put into the hearts of all men and women a divine sense of holy covenant in marriage. In every kingdom and in every nation of this world, men and women have some sense of a divine covenant and laws of marriage. God created in us a sense of holy laws in this covenant of marriage. If you read in Leviticus and Numbers, you will see more than 100 laws about marriage, about divorce, and all these things. They're there to protect both the husband and the wife. There were established roles in the family in order for the family to survive. And uh, God gave to marriage a sense of blessing higher than just sexual relations. The most pri primitive people in this world still have some sense of the importance of this marriage bond beyond just sexual communion. And so even for fallen man, by the mercy of God, the family became the building block for every society. As soon as the family is destroyed, the nation uh, in society begins to fall apart. Now God established laws for there to be holy marriage. 
But when we look in the Old Testament even, we can see that because men were sinners, they fell very far short of even God's purpose for the marriage itself. And as we come nearer and nearer to the last day, the world has almost lost any sense of holy matrimony. Many young people today don't even think about getting married because they can get free freedom of sex and no responsibility. So why get married? Because marriage has fallen in the eyes of people as to anything important. Marriage has gone from being a lifetime commitment to just uh, getting together for a couple of years and then divorce. Today in America, the biggest reason for divorce is the grounds of incompatibility. Brothers and sisters, every marriage is incompatible. Because two sinners are becoming one. If that's the basis, we all should get divorced. But actually, this basis just means I'm not willing to work out any problems. I just want to leave this person, find somebody else. And the tragedy is what's happened to our children. Even among so-called Christian marriages. Many children look at their own parents and say, I don't want to get married. Not like that. They see very, very unhappy, angry So... When we see this, we know that the normal Christian family life has to overcome all of these worldly influences that are out to destroy the marriage. Now, there's a problem. Because Christians marry. But when they marry, they bring in two things that make the marriage very difficult. Do you know what they are? Our own sinful flesh. This is going to cause a problem in every marriage. And also a second thing. Our cultural traditions. Every culture has traditions regarding marriage. So, even though there's all these things, it prevents the marriage from being what it should be. As an example, we know that the, the husband is to be the head of the family. But because the husband has sin in his life, he does not become the lover he should. The priest he should. The shepherd he should. And instead, he seeks his own way. Now we know Paul says clearly in the Bible, the man is the head of the woman. Now many Christian men have taken this truth as a Bible doctrine. And they use it as a dictator in their family. The wife must submit. They sound like a dictator. But where is their Christ-like love? 
Where is their spiritual leadership in their household? Where is their sacrificial love? Instead of giving that emotional support, you know, a husband is to be the shepherd of the family. But, but even Christian husbands, they disobey. When Jesus says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And the shepherds go and they hide in their cave. Back in the old days, we said, Every man wants his castle. Now it's just every man wants his cave. We're going back to cavemen. Just leave me alone. Don't bother me. The kids, don't bother me. Wife, don't bother me. This is not a Christian husband. Men who are like that should be ashamed of themselves. If you don't have the love of Christ working in you, then you have no right to say, you must submit to me. Now, when men abdicate their responsibility as head of the house, this, this, this commitment to God usually becomes replaced with the idol of mammon. And men pursue mammon and riches. And leave the family by itself. My job is to make money. I don't do anything else. This is not right. Wives, on the other hand, they have a wonderful ministry. They're the fruitful ones. Actually, in the Bible, they're also the wise ones. They are both child keepers and child shapers. What a ministry. The future of the church and of the kingdom of God depends on the wives bringing these children up in the fear and nourishment of the Lord. But instead of having this great abounding love, which comes from Christ Himself, they become small, needy, whiny. Because the world is telling you, you're useless. Unless you're working on a job, even making more money than your husband, you're worthless. Today, people, if you say, I, I am a stay at home mom, people almost laugh. <laughs> I take care of my kids. What job is that? Now in our marriages we find one day our wife gets sick for two weeks. We realize our wife works on a job all the time. Tougher than us when we go into the office and stand by the water cooler all day long. <laughs> but there's many, too, way too many wives who are angry, who are bitter, who have given up hope, they become selfish, and this larger and larger emotional soul cannot be satisfied. This is the problem because sin has gotten even into our Christian marriages. When, a, when the world looks at a Christian wife, 
According to the Bible, what, what should they see? An inner beauty that radiates out the love of Christ. Somebody from the world says, I don't know what she has, but I want what she has. Because she's satisfied. Of course, why? Because you're satisfied with Christ. Now, sisters, I hope you realize this. You are married first to Christ and second to your husband. When you start singing, I am satisfied, I am satisfied with Jesus. Uh, now you're coming into the normal Christian family life. Oh, that inner beauty is so precious. But when all you hear from a woman is Maybe still pretty face but ugly mouth. You know, more than the man, more than the man, the wife poisons the atmosphere of the home. Because they're there 24-7. And when our kids don't want to get married because of our family life, we, we should humble ourselves. This is not God's normal Christian family life. And so, in many Christian homes, until the flesh is crucified at Calvary. There's a constant tension between two powers. A man who is trying to rule, but with no wisdom. And a woman in rebellion. And they fight. And they fight. Now, uh, of course, there's a way forward, right? Just to realize that the world, the flesh, and the devil has gotten into our lives. That we do need to repent. Asking God to restore our marriage. The normal Christian family life can only be attained through the life of Christ as we're together. But by the cross, we enter in. Now, how do we get from this present situation to the normal Christian family life? One other thing I want to mention is the problem of culture. Now, thankfully, every culture has its own rules for marriage. And they're there to keep a marriage together as much as can be done by the law. But the normal Christian family life must go beyond our cultural understanding of marriage. Well, you can see, I'm American. I was raised in an American family. My family, American as apple pie. Here's how it worked. My father was a doctor. He worked all the time. I didn't get to talk to him too much. He didn't discipline us very much. He didn't have much to say. But that was my father. My mother had to do all of the discipline. But my mother also had a job, and so that was difficult. Now, uh, they, fortunately, they gave to all three of us children 
chores. We had to do chores in our family. I hope your children have chores. So we all had to wash the dishes. I threw it at the two a brother and a sister. So every three days, I never had vacation. It was my turn to do the dishes. I had to mow the lawn. My brother and sister had to do other things. And every week I received $1.25 for my allowance. Now, our American family had two things that were good. The first was every night, quarter to six, we all had to sit down together to dinner and stay till quarter after six. Half hour for dinner. Every child, mom and dad, dinner. 就每一个晚上从五点四十五分到六点十五分这半个小时里全家人大人孩子妈妈孩子们父亲都在一起吃饭。You know, no phones on the table, nothing like that. 桌子上不能有手机啊。When I was a kid, there was no phones on the table.我小的时候那时候也没有手机。But we talked to each other.我们就彼此来讲话。Sometimes my father would get after me. We get our report cards and then we have to reveal them. <laughs> Everything happened at the table. So at least we had a time together every day. If you don't even have a time together in your family, you can never become normal Christian family. The second good thing. I saw my father loved my mother. And my mother loved my father. When I grew up, I wanted to get married and be like them. But other than that, we were just sinners. My mom and dad, they carried out a life. We grew up. But you see, we never had the normal Christian family life. And the same is true for a, a, a Chinese marriage or a Brazilian marriage. We have cultural things. They keep the family together if they're good. But we need to rise up in testimony with the normal Christian family life. And so that's why we're together here this weekend. So if we come together and we sense that we need to learn this life, then we have to understand this. Now the secret is before us. Well, we can't have the normal Christian family life if we don't understand the normal Christian life. I mean, we need to understand what it means. We've been crucified with Christ, but now there's a life in us that can live this Christian family life. And so listen to the four workshops we have. Now you at first you think maybe this isn't about marriage in the family. But these are the key to the normal Christian family life. The first workshop you'll have relationship in Christ. Now you see that's different from just relationship. You go to you go to a psychologist because you have marriage problems. They tell you how to fight each other better. But ah, if the husband discovers his wife in Christ, and the wife discovers the husband in Christ, ah, there's a different ground there. There's something there. 然后但是呢，如果说妻子发现，呃，丈夫里的基督，丈夫发现妻子里的基督，他们发现了，他们就有不同的一个地位在那里。Then our second session will be submission to Christ. 第二堂我们讲到顺服基督。
Wait a minute. I, I, I thought it's submission to my husband. Oh, and the husband maybe never thought, oh, I have to submit to my wife. But we have to start with submitting to Christ in the fear of God. Then we come to the third workshop. Loving as Christ loves. Now, now who does that right now? Oh, so everybody is learning that one, huh? Loving as Christ does. This is a very uh, wonderful topic. And then our fourth session will be tomorrow, Parenting with Christ. Now here's husband and wife. They have some children. They don't just beat them up. They don't just say, don't talk until you grow up. Christ, through husband and wife, wants to parent the children. So here again, I hope that our workshops will be very helpful one to another. Because it's not just a question of saying, okay, here's the rules. The one, two, three, four. But first, we must fellowship Christ into our marriages. One more footnote. I was 20 years old when I got saved. And within a couple of months, praise God, my mother and father both got saved. Now they were 47 years old until they got saved. But as soon as they got saved, I could see Christ in their marriage. Number one, I had a brother and sister. They weren't Christians. My brand new Christian parents got down on their knees every day, prayed for my mother, for my brother and my sister's salvation. I have an older brother. And when he walked by my parents' bedroom, saw them on their knees, and heard them praying for my brother. Please, Lord, save him. This, this touched his life. And he got saved within a month. Secondly, they started getting up at 6 o'clock every morning. And my father became the servant of my mother. He went into the kitchen, made them some coffee and toast. Brought it into the bedroom. They ate their toast. And then they had one hour of devotion together every morning. When my, when my wife and I would visit them in their home, they invited us into their bedroom 6.15 every morning for devotional for one hour. They read scriptures together, had devotional books together, they were reading normal Christian life together, only Christians for one year. But I said, wow, Look at this Christian father and mother. And it helped me to become a better Christian husband with my wife. Now the Lord has a great and high purpose for you. It cannot be achieved in independence. If you are a wife but you're pursuing Christ without your husband. Now the Lord wants that husband saved. The husband cannot just pursue the Lord and leave his wife behind. No, 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 no. 
We want normal Christian family life. Let us not shrink back from this high goal the Lord has given us. Let's pray. Oh Jesus Christ our Lord. You are the head of the church. You are the head of the family. You are the head of the husband. And we pray that your headship would be known among us today. We pray for marriages even in trouble that you will save those marriages. We pray for marriages struggling that you will make them something gracious. We pray for Christian families that are together that you would further make them a testimony for yourself. Come join us today as we fellowship together and bring us into the normal Christian family life. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.